It's always exciting when you try a new type of game. I still remember the first True Blue Euro that we played, Notre Dame by Stefan Feld, and the feeling we got by just how different it was. All of our preconceptions and expectations were just thrown out. And not only that, we had to change the way we thought about playing a game. Out went that proclivity for direct confrontation, and it was replaced by the need for more reserved strategic planning. It's really nice to see that the hobby still holds plenty of surprises. And while the game we'll be talking about today is a new type of game for us, we were very happy to learn that it managed to be both incredibly light and incredibly satisfying. My heavier and perhaps more cynical sensibilities have recently led me incorrectly to the conclusion that in order to be deeply satisfying, a game must be strategically demanding of its players. I was delighted to be reminded that this simply does not have to be the case. Welcome to the Player One, Player Two podcast. Episode 18, Little Pink Houses. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm Player One. I'm Kathleen, and I'm Player Two. Welcome to the Player One, Player Two podcast, the podcast about board games and the two-player experience of playing board games. So today we're going to talk about a game that was popular maybe last year. I think it's cooling a little bit, but it's it's part of like a craze that's been catching on for the last couple of years, and it's the first one of its kind that we've played, and that is a... Write and, write and roll. Uh, Rollin'. A, roll and write. Hey! I got both <laughs> the words! I always really love this informational open, because I'm usually like, didn't know that. I've, I'm also here to learn. I had no idea this was a craze. Roland writes are like their own genre that kind of stand apart from most typical board games, because they are very different from most, like, quote-unquote, Euro games or Ameritrash games. These are generally small box, inexpensive, light games that rely on rolling some dice with some icons or just some plain old dice that have pips on them, and then using those dice to write on, like, a custom pad of paper. That is Really, the whole game is, like, based around that piece of paper. So there's a... I'm going to try and describe a roll and write that we don't have that is not this game, which we this haven't even said fun. yet. It's a game that I read about because it was like a super cheap roll and write. It was like a great roll and write for kids to start with with roll and writes. And the little custom pad of paper that comes in the little box is a map of the United States. Okay. And it comes with, I think, two dice maybe. And the whole point of the game is you roll the dice and then you write the numbers that come up in the empty states. But I don't believe you can write the same numbers adjacent to each other. So as the map starts to fill in, it gets harder and harder to write the numbers. That does not sound like fun. That sounds like math class. So the game uh, we're talking about, because oh, yeah. we, can, we never said that, is... <laughs> we welcome, just got all excited about our new information. Welcome to dot, dot, dot. That's what the game is called. Welcome to dot, dot, dot. Although the cover says, <laughs> welcome to your perfect home. So I'm always confused as to why it's called welcome to. I don't yeah, know. I don't know why you wouldn't just call when it. When I wrote it home, welcome I was like, to. look, it's welcome to. And Kathleen was like, it says welcome to your perfect home. And I said, yeah, but it's, it's called... It's called Welcome To. I guess because part of like the novelty aspect of the roll and write is you're supposed to write in a new little name for yours, which we do. Um, the first time yours was from... And something of something I've seen the first time. I... Oh, it was Hill Valley. No, yeah, it, I was like, Back I thought it was Future. Back to the Future. This time it was <laughs> I think I'll beep that out. <laughs> I just said 
I didn't say. Oh, I'll beat that out too. <laughs> Who knows what she's saying underneath that dulcet tone? Anyway, so oh, it's nice while, that you called my tones dulcet. I don't. I don't think the rest of the world would. While this is a roll and write game, it's interesting. There are no dice in this. This is a game that is totally dependent it's a, it's on a flipping right. A deck of cards. Are you gonna Are you gonna bleep that out? <laughs> I should just start bleeping out things indiscriminately <laughs> and let the listener decide. I feel like it would be a more accurate portrayal of my language and my non pulled together. I mean, it would certainly sound much more exciting. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> this is a flip. A it's a flip and write, I right. guess. It's like you said. There are no dice in it. So the whole game is built around a fairly large deck of cards. It's double-sided. Mm-hmm. One side has a house number on it. And the other side has, what, like a special ability or a yes. scoring factor, I guess? Special ability is probably the best way to describe it. I mean, they all are scoring factors, but... But they let you do something yeah, special. They allow you to manipulate the score, and essentially. And then the piece of paper that you have is like a housing development. Three blocks of like a 1950s suburban development where the whole point of this game is to get a number on the houses, mm-hmm. break them up into nice little manageable chunks, and then you will score based on how many pools you have, how many parks you have, mm-hmm. how large the lots are. Right. If you are Although able lots to... is like a weird, they're not really lots. Yeah, they're kind of like blocks. I yeah. use the word blocks, but it's kind of odd because they're it's not townhouses. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's kind of odd that way, but I like don't ask too many questions. You're building yeah. fences and making pieces. The of design land. of this is really nice. It's very like mid-century. Yeah, it does feel very 1950. Like I f- always think of Hill Valley when I, I don't know, in Back <laughs> to the Future 1 when he goes to the neighborhood and it's being built. I like always think of that when I look at this. <laughs> I don't know why. I think of like the Jetsons, but that's not accurate. <laughs> well, it does have that everything is pointy, like fins on your Cadillac kind of yeah. aesthetic to it. Yeah. Uh, which does lend itself very much to like classic 50s. It's very like saturated, muted colors too. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really, I think it's a, a really aesthetically pleasing game. And the, the artwork all holds that same style. So while it's a very simple game, the design for it is very, very nice. It comes in a small box. It's very cheap. And it is our first roll and write game. I did not know what to expect from this because I had heard a lot about it. And you also were like, there are numbers in it. So I, I don't know how Kathleen's going to feel. And I was like, listen, I am in the place where I can put numbers in order, which is why that sounds like math class to me. <laughs> I need to randomize numbers math class, next to each other. AKA counting. Um, well, I mean, Kathleen sometimes has a bit of a knee jerk reaction. If I say like, well, this is a numbers game. She's like, Ooh. no, this is a game that has numbers in it. All I can, do- I can contrary to popular belief. I can count. Well, I, I know that, but in this game, you do have to put things in order, which yes, it's very basic, but it is also vaguely spatial. Not really, but kind oh, of. I, I don't, it's not, it's suited to my particular abilities in that like it's spatial perhaps, but it's spatial in like a line. <laughs> yeah. It, you, like I said, the three blocks are just straight lines with sort of house forms on them. Mm-hmm. I, I was curious, though, because I had heard so much about Roll and Writes, and there are some people who love Roll and Write games. And as I say Roll and Write, I will try to enunciate that, but it might come out Roll and Write. 
That is not a person, unfortunately. Although that sounds like, I feel like a that good joke name. has been made many times. Mm. Uh, like people joke that Roland Wright. Actually, I feel is like the first time you said it, I thought you were saying yeah. Roland Wright, and I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't know any of these designers' names. Unfortunately, if you've listened to the podcast for more than five minutes, you will know that I'm not an enunciator. It's not my. It's not my strong suit. But I will try not to say Roland. You're a bit Wright of a mumbler. As a person, Roland Wright, unfortunately, <laughs> is not real. While I was worried that Kathleen might not like this. I also had my suspicions that she would really like it because there's something as is the case with many things in life with many things. What the immediate thing I will say about this now that we've played it is, you know what this makes me think of or when I the feeling that it gives me when I play it. Bingo. Uh, No, but that's fair. Is I was thinking about I get the feeling of like doing Sudoku or Mm -hmm. of like a crossword puzzle Mm -hmm. because what you do does not affect me at all. Mm mm. The box literally says you can play 1 to 99, which I guess if you had a large enough space and like a projector, you could. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very much a solitary experience, and you're just kind of sitting with your pen, but you are going head to head for points. Now I want to play this at like a bingo hall. I mean, you (laughs) certainly could, right? Like there's nothing stopping you. No. And because everyone's turn is simultaneous... You look at the cards that have been flipped over and you pick one of the three because what happens is that you will flip a card and you will pair a special ability with one of the revealed numbers. Mm -hmm. And then you get to choose one of those three pairings and sort of write it on your pad or your piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the whole turn. Or one turn is that. And the limiting rule that we haven't really mentioned, but you can probably have probably deduce from our conversation is that you have to go in numerical order and there are more numbers than there are houses in any given row. Yeah, so the top so, row is like 11, and then it's 12, or is it 11, 12, and 13? Something no, like it's, that. I think it's 10, oh, 11, no. 12. Yeah. So the problem is that there's only 1 through 15 on the numbers, and it ends up, as the rows start to fill up, it becomes a bit of a question of where should I write things? What's the most mm-hmm. beneficial place? You know, should I put a 10 on this spot? It has a pool, but the number 10 I picked doesn't have a special ability. Let me build a pool, which would lose me some points. Should I wait? Yeah. Should I not wait? It's very, in one hand, I feel like it's super low stakes. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, that somehow doesn't really, when the game starts to get into like the late stages, it does sort of feel like, should I do this? Yeah, but I never to the point that... I, the weird thing is that I stop a lot in this game, but I would never be like, this is analysis paralysis. It's just like, oh, let me think for a second. Or tense. Yeah, it's, it's like just like, oh, I just have thing. to figure out where to put this. Like, it's going to be fine. I just need to figure out the best place to put it. Or it's not going to be fine, and it's that's and also it's gonna fine. it's going to lose me points. But Because, like, you don't... So, like, there are three different ways to end the game. The game ends when... Well, also... At the beginning of the game, you set out three cards that are sort of yeah. like objective cards. To like what you would normally think of as an objective card. Yeah. Like you gain these points if you build a block of three houses, a block of four houses, and a block of five. Then mm-hmm. you gain X number of points. So you're both kind of fighting to see who can get that. And it also, um, until the final card, the ones that get flipped over, you can get like a second place score on as well. Yeah, exactly. And like most objective cards like that, they're nice because they kind of give you direction. Yep. A lot of times if a game doesn't have that, you do feel sort of lost mm-hmm. in a sandbox. Like, I can do anything, but that means I don't know what to do. I want to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, and this game has these really simple objectives that work very well in saying, maybe you should think about making a block of five and one, you know, one yeah. block or something. Um, that that works really well, and I like that. But the fact that this is, this is low stakes 
most of the time if I describe a game as low stakes, it means I don't care. And I don't mean that in a negative light. It's I just not, feel like I just kind of zone out and I'm like, this is fine. It's not really low stakes so much it is as it is like low stress. Low, yeah, I guess that's fair. Like it's it's fun. There are some stakes. There are moments where you're like, oh, this oh, is going to work out for this me. Bad. <laughs> but even that, I'm like, Meh. even when I make a mistake, I'm like, it's fine. Like it doesn't really, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I might be able to recover it. There, yeah. There's something, this game is incredibly forgiving. It is because there's really, in the event that you can't ever, like late in the game, there's going to be a time where maybe your blocks are getting filled up mm-hmm. and you flip over cards and you're like, I literally can't put any numbers down. And what happens is that you just sort of fill in a little bubble that means you lose some points mm-hmm. and you're a little bit closer to the end of the game. Because the, so you can finish all three. Oh, we never talked about how the game ends. So the game ends. You can finish all three objectives. Yep. Whoever finishes all three, that game immediately Mm -hmm. stops. That's one. Yep. And then another way is that if three, if somebody has three times when a series of cards comes out and they couldn't, based on the numerical patterns they've set up, cannot put a number anywhere, then Then if that happens three times... Also, they would have lost five points. Ooh. But the first two times you do it, or the first the first time, time you do it. Yeah, you don't lose first, any points. The That's first nice. time you do it, you don't lose any second points. second time you lose three points, and then if you do it again, the game ends, yeah. and you lost five. The last way to end the game is if someone builds all of their houses. Yeah, if they fill every single... Which, which has never, never happened. Happens. Yeah, not yet. Almost, yeah. I think. We got pretty close. Really? I think we got close one of the times, yeah. But what's interesting about this game is that it feels like a really nice, like, perfectly mid-weight puzzle. Yeah. And it only takes like 20 minutes to play. It's incredibly well designed, too. Like, the way that you score makes so much sense that, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes in some of the games we play, like, the harder Euros, I just want to be like, look, this. I'm holding the piece of paper up right now to the imaginary imaginary people of the world. You need to learn from them, too. This score sheet is so well designed. I even told Eric, I was like, oh, well, I feel like, okay, so I feel like I should write down the numbers of things that I have. And he was like, there's a place to do that. Yeah, it, it's interesting because when you open this box, like I brought this box home and we opened it and I looked inside and I was like, okay, so we have a deck of cards and we have a couple nice little player aids, which by the way, have everything you need on them, which is nice because a lot of player aids have like 70% of what you need. No, this has like everything. You could just <laughs> give this to somebody and they're like, I'm good to go. I don't even think you need the player aid. I think that... Not the, after like the first one time. But. I think that this game is like so well designed in terms of like what you cross off. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like at the bottom. Ultimately, everything is this pad of paper. Yep. And there's this like six inch or seven inch squared pad of paper. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's eight inch. I don't know. This pad of paper and everything you need is on here to keep track of your score, to see... Like, all the houses you've yeah. built. Everything is on this tiny little piece of paper. That's really the whole game. Like, yeah. you have the deck of cards that function as dice. Yeah. Like, and the random factor. You need those, but... And those, yeah, you need those, too. But, like, everything you're doing and you need to track and, have, like, is all on this tiny little mm-hmm. piece of paper. So, normally, in, like, a Euro game, you have, like, maybe my player mat and then, like, all these pieces and then this big board. And then and all it, the money you and then all the Yeah, and then welcome to... All the to, stones you It's grown. like, nah, you just have this one little piece of paper. Yep. And, and it, it tracks you, like, it all for you. Every single thing. I think it's that that's really nice. It's yeah. kind of like a refreshingly light thing. But the fact that it gives you a, a what I would describe as a very satisfying puzzle yeah. in no time at all. Almost every time we've played this, I think, we've just played it again. Yeah. Which is not something that I normally want to do. Yeah. But this game, I'm fine with that. 
because I'm always like, that was fun, even when I lose. It's also not a game that I could tell you who wins or loses more. I can tell you that I almost always lose. You won tonight. I know. I I was on a I was on fire tonight. And you couldn't I stop even, me. I don't even pay attention. <laughs> I mean, it is, me- you know what it reminds me of? This is what I was thinking of earlier. We were talking about games where you like set your own pace. Yeah. We on the episode you can get it if you really want. We talked about Jangwo, and this game is nothing like Jangwo, <laughs> no. but it is like Jangwo in the fact that you can like puzzle this out. As much as you want. Yeah. If you want to play this with, like, your mom and be like, it's fine. Just, like, kick back and write some stuff and draw some little fences and fill in your swimming pools. It'd be a perfectly satisfying game. Yeah. Like, that person who plays it really light and, like, it's cool would not be lacking anything from the yeah. experience. Sort of like we said about Zhang Guo. You can go as hard as you want while playing. Yeah. Like, you could, I think, sit with your little paper and be like, okay, wait. I'm going to take like four minutes for this turn. That sounds terrible, though. I mean, it does. But <laughs> if someone was that that determined to get well, a high score... Speaking of which, check back with us, because we think we might do a holidays episode. So I think we actually mentioned this game before. Um, we did? It, yeah, we talked about this game briefly, because it was a really high... Cli- it was an honorable mention on oh, both on of the our top ten, uh, list. top ten lists. It was a climber, yeah. Which we will talk about in a moment. And then the other, I, I remember that we talked about it because I already expressed my disappointment that the Halloween edition of it oh, was that's not right. actually Halloween as in Michael yeah. <laughs> No, this game has, I think that you can get... Halloween. Uh, can you get a Christmas? You can. There's a Christmas and a Halloween and like a, a and a post-apocalyptic. I was say, don't say Easter. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's <laughs> post-apocalyptic. They, it gives you a new pad. Yeah. And it gives you new bonuses, I like really the uh, objective cards. I but really you still want use the Halloween one. I mean, I, I do too. After having played this a bunch of times, I feel like this game has a ton of variability. Yeah. So I don't imagine, maybe that's not right, that I would get tired of it. Mm-mm. Because no. the decks, the deck of cards and the combination the You don't is, get is... tired of playing Sudoku. Either you like it or you don't. You just yeah. like, you're not going to be like, you know what, I'm done. I've, I'm tired I've of done, writing these fives. You know, I've done, <laughs> yeah, I've done 15 of these. That's the end of my Sudoku career. Like, it's not like that. Either you enjoy it or you don't. And I really can't imagine anybody not. But the reason I said, wait, and we'll check back on the mom point, is that we mm. already talked about it in the 10, um, the top 10 list episode. We're talking Honorable about it yeah. now. And we may mention it again if we do a sort of, like, holiday guide, like, games to play when you're trapped with your family, but your family can't <laughs> learn anything. That sounds so negative. <laughs> trapped is such a, has such a negative connotation. <laughs> Not trapped. When your but, family has oh, kidnapped you and I mean, you're in a refrigerator. Well, so Eric and I live in a relatively small house and my parents live in Virginia, but... I'm an only child, and they're very interested in visiting, so they're always here. Totally understandable. Yeah, they're always here for holidays. That's nice. All up in our house, and we don't. We try to watch less TV, and so despite my parents' best efforts, (laughs) despite my dad's NCIS. (laughs) So we have slowly been trying to introduce them to things like like last year for Christmas, uh, we got them Carcassonne. Yep. Because we played it at, uh, I think at Christmas or something. Yep. And uh, your mom really liked it. Yep. And so I think around the holidays. My mom is surprisingly good at it. She is. I think a little closer to the holidays, we're going to talk about holiday games for your family. That you can actually play. And we're going to test this out. I want to test this out with like the whole shebang. Like we said. I want to see if your sister can play this. This is a game that 
it scales infinitely. Yeah. Like, theoretically, if everybody can see the cards, uh-huh. then you can play it with a thousand people. Like, I don't know when you would have occasion to do that. Maybe you're much more popular than we are, <laughs> and you have lots of people who want to play this game I mean, about building subdivisions. With, like, the five people I'm imagining playing it, I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, we can get your mom. Yeah, and I want your you to say you don't need player aids. Like, oh yeah, you do. Uh, no, I I'm gonna need to sit next to my mother and be like, that can't go there. Actually, my mom will get it. My dad will be your like, dad. Your mom will have to explain it to your dad. Although my dad might be good at it, he might really like it because he's planning. a planner. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this is I think that that is one of the one of the absolute pluses about the game. Mm-hmm. Like the simplicity of it doesn't undercut from the enjoyment of it yeah and sometimes there are simple games that i'm like this is fun like um trash pandas yeah a fun game yeah that i rarely have any desire to play right and that i don't want that to seem like i hate that game i threw it away like no we have it we like it it's on the shelf it's an afterthought game though it's It's not a go-to it's like oh once i'm playing this this is fun it's the kind of game that if you went like we bought it at the beach Mm-hmm. And we played it a lot, like, the weekend we were at the beach. And that's, like, the perfect time for a game like that. Because mm-hmm. you're like, it's cool, I'm at the beach. It's, like, 9 o'clock outside, it's dark, it's raining, whatever. I'm playing this game about pandas in the garbage. <laughs> and, pandas. like, this game is as light as something like Trash Pandas. But this game, there's something about it. You know it. they're not actually pandas, they're raccoons. That's they're, the whole Trash Panda the trash, joke. Though. They're in the trash, though. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but something like this game... Is as light as the lightest game that, and not only the lightest, but the slightest. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel slight. No. It does feel like I'm setting my own pace because mm-hmm. your turn can take 10 seconds or you can make it last as long as you want. So it is, it just gives me that impression of like, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to like think this puzzle out, like while, you know, there's music playing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and I guess that's one reason I like it, because you will allow me to play compulsively, because it does have that, like, crossword puzzle feel, over I'm like, okay, so that one didn't work, I'm gonna try another one. Do you, after having played this, I don't think I talked to you about this last time, are you curious about this genre? Like, I roll and write? don't know. Because here's the thing, and I don't mean to take away from this game, or, I'm sorry, I don't mean to take away from this genre, but I don't know that I need anything but this game. I mean, that I understand that. Because I feel like, I don't know, it, it would depend on the theme. I guess if I was like, oh, this is, so this is, you know, like, IPs, I don't know how they factor into this. As but, far as I know, there are no IP roll and write games. Because if there were, I might be like, oh, which, you know, again, if this were Halloween and it was like, there's Michael Myers' house. I would it's be, not, there's not, it's not that kind of Halloween. <sighs> As far as I know, There's house. and I've, so close. after having played uh, Welcome To, I did a fair amount of research about Roland Wrights. Yeah. This was sort of like the low-hanging fruit of Roland Wrights because it was so popular yeah. for a while. Um, everything else I've read, they Roland Wrights tend to be very light. Yeah. Like, they're, they look kind of like kids' games in a lot of cases. A game called, like, Harvest Dice. You're, like, planting things and so I mean, you roll, like, a dice with colors and a dice with something else. They tend to be very light, but... They, in a lot of cases, do have regular old dice. So this has regular dice, sort of, quote-unquote, dice. But there are some. There's a really famous roll and write game called Ganshan Clever, which is German for That's So Clever, which is, like, all numbers. And it's, like, numbers, 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 times this equals so that. So Clever is just clever in German? I it's think spelled it's... spelled with a K? No. It's clever with a C both ways? Yeah. 
mind blown. So, I don't know. I'm very curious about Roland Wright's and you because part of me thinks this is such a genre that you would like because there's something also kind of like crafty about it, like drawing and moving things yeah. around and I mean, I feel like I would probably would enjoy all of those, but I don't really see if this hits all the marks you want. And also like I don't see it I don't really see it translating to you. Like I see you buying lots of them because you're a collectionist. Well, <laughs> I honestly haven't found one that I think serves us. I guess it would be interesting to play one with dice and see the difference between dice and cards. But I just can't imagine if we bring another one in, there being any difference between me being like, let's play this versus let's mm. play that. The only thing, the only other roll and write that comes to mind is one that's just coming out right now. And it is called Welcome to Dino World. Which is sort of like Dinosaur Island as a Roland Wright, where you're building like Jurassic Park. Mm. And the reason that I thought you would like it is because it's dinosaurs. And the reason that I thought I would like it. Okay, I don't. That seems like a statement that <laughs> I'm not like a dinosaur person. Well, you like Jurassic Park, and that's what well, I. Everybody likes Jurassic well, Park. I know, but that's one of the reasons I, I believe that you would like Dinosaur Island. Do but... you like Dinosaur Island, Eric? But, uh, the <laughs> reason... I'm not going to put all that, that on me, Ricky Bobby. We're trying to keep this episode positive. So welcome to it. So welcome to and Roland writes. I, the reason I thought I would like Dino, Welcome to Dino World is because it's a, quote-unquote, slightly heavier Roland Wright. Like, it's much thinkier. And so that's why I, I didn't really know, because I feel like Welcome to walks this really nice line between lightness and puzzle without being a, yeah, a, even a medium weight like, game. Like, it's really like light. too heavyweight, and then I feel like I'm doing my taxes. Yeah, and that's fair. I totally get that. Like, like too much, like okay, well, I have, to, I have to check and see if I have anything in column A. Like, oh, Welcome I to do, Dino World, so. you, like, draw dinosaurs and you draw fences, but the fences, like, have to have access to electricity. And so slowly it becomes like, ooh, this is like real planning now. Yeah, and then you get into a situation where you're like, oh, I broke My the wrong thing. Out. Well, I need some whiteout. If I have to ask for whiteout in a game, it's too much like being at work. I mean, I have scribbled things out on my Welcome To pad, and I'm like, oh, that's a mess. But then I don't really care, because I'm like, it's cool. It's Usually to. if I make a mistake, I just try and fix it immediately so it doesn't bother me. Like, if I draw a fence in the wrong place, I'm like, oh, next turn I need to draw just a fence in the right place. <laughs> so it doesn't stress me out. I just, I really like this game. And I guess the other question I would have about other games is that part of this is that the aesthetic is just so charming. Like, everything mm. in the box, like, when you open the little box, there's all the, the, um, the player aids and the instructions oh, that is themselves really, yeah, are just nice. really well designed. So the player aids all have on the back of them, like, what is it, like, advertisements? Yeah, one of them has a flying DeLorean on it. I forget what, yeah. um... What that one's called. It's something about... That's my, normally my player aid. Yeah, so when you flip them over, they're like... They look like ads from the 50s. And so there's one of, you know, like a family sitting around, you know, very like Dick and Jane. Not terribly diverse, which they could work on. Um, but it's very Dick and Jane sitting around a table and it's like Meeple War. 
Um, oh, and they're playing almost like a war game, which mm-hmm. I thought was funny. Build your city, build armies, explore. And this one says, <laughs> what does that say? Is it Toulouse, now? welcome back. Good mm-hmm. times in the pink city. And then there is like a flying a DeLorean. flying DeLorean. Here's a picture of Harvest Dice, by the way, which oh. is like, it looks very much like a kid's yeah. game. Now we're back to the, the speaking speaking spell yeah speaking spell it does look like a kid's game cartoon picture of a pig on it which is odd i don't know but roland rights are really everywhere uh and they generally have like a roll two dice and then each player takes their turn trying to do something with those dice on their piece of paper Hmm. which is nice because it means that the pacing of welcome to does feel representative of all roland Hmm. Wright games because it's very like we, you do your thing, I do my thing, ready to re-roll or ready to redo something. The really interesting thing about this is that both players have the same odds. Mm-hmm. Like, the randomness doesn't come into play in any kind of uh, punitive way. No. Uh, there are certain dice games where, like, I roll my dice and I roll all ones and you roll your dice and you get all sixes. Yeah. And that means you have a better you gotta turn work than in the me. Same. And it is really interesting to see how that shakes down because this time we had two objectives... One of them, we played, like, right before we did the, before we're doing this podcast. Um, Yeah, we just played a minute ago. And we had an objective that said fill the first row, and an objective that said two, three, and five. So you want to get a set of two houses using fences, a set of three, and a set of five that are, like, grouped together. Um, And Eric and I had the exact same strategy, and he got both of those, to, to do it all on the first line, and he got both of those far before I did. And it's interesting. Because I just made different choices. And that's the interesting thing. Like, everything that I had the availability to do, like the option, yeah. to put, like a one with a fence somewhere, the exact same things are available to you. Yep. And I just didn't. And yeah. it just comes down to, like, how your brain works. Which what is. What you think, what you try. So you'll get to a point, and, like, the other person will be like, oh, I can't. I can't place a number. And you'll be like, really? I can place all these numbers. And then the next turn, you're like, I can't place anything. And the person... And they're like, oh, I can. Oh, yep. I'm what? Good. I can do that. And so it's kind of strange because later in the game, you would expect that to not be the case. You you kind of are used to playing games where it's like if one person is in like a bind, the other person is two at a certain point in the game. But yeah. it's not like that at all. Yeah, it's not like that at all. I And it's really, on one hand what I would think of as, is impressive. Like it really shows like, Hey, guess what? Nobody's brain works the same because every time we've played this at the end, if you like compare our papers, they're, they're almost nothing alike. And then you can also, you really can just look at the scoring part and say, here's how our brains were working. Like, Oh, I was going for pools or you were going for pools or I was we going for parks pools, yeah. and you were not going for parks. There are so many options open to mm-hmm. both players that guaranteed by the end of a game, no one's paper will look the same. Mm-hmm. You can really do so many things. And the, and the special abilities like this will let me build a pool or this will let me build a park or this will let me increase the rate or the price of points mm-hmm. um, of like a certain size lot. I don't know. It just, it's so simple. Yeah. But it just works so remarkably well. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, it's it's just very impressive in that way. And that's why I think I am, like, fascinated to play it with other people. Because we've played games before where we're like, this is fun. We can teach somebody. But, we, <laughs> but we're also like, okay, we have to get in, like, the right mindset to, like, 
teach somebody. Because we have to, like, it's almost Think, like we have to try and like get sell through it. their barrier yeah, and, like, exactly. like, see, you can learn this. You it's not that this. hard. It's fun. But, like, I feel like when we teach my parents, like, and when we teach your mom the more, like, more complicated games, you have to be like, okay, so we're going to, like, baby steps through the first, like, four and a half turns. <laughs> or, like, sometimes the whole game. And that is not their fault. I don't think we would have that problem with Welcome To. Yes, exactly. And I am curious that we'll, when we do talk about our holiday games, I do expect Welcome To to go on. Yeah. I'm, like, really uh, curious about people like my dad, who's usually like, I don't know, why are you telling... I forgot this rule. I forgot this rule. Like, being like... I always well, think your dad, on, dad. says like, that during games because he just doesn't care. He's like, <laughs> I, can't be, I can't be bothered. I, don't, I did it wrong. <laughs> I mean, maybe some of that. But some of it, I'm like, are you, like, losing your marbles? But, like, this <laughs> is, like, his former job. Her dad was a... Urban planner. Ur- city planner, yeah. And, like, Whatever. he did, like, zoning. Uh, zoning, and urban, yep. Yeah. So... I feel like maybe he'd like this, but he'd probably be like, you know, that city planning is nothing like this. Well, I mean, I know, but... <laughs> like, you like cities? But Here, when he was in city. grad school, I remember, like, coloring out little plans like this, which is maybe, like, why I also enjoy this. There's something, like, about, like, that The and tactile ability coloring. of, like, drawing yeah, and coloring. it just, like, feels so... Satisfying. Yeah. And you, like color in a swimming pool because you just built it on this you lot. didn't color in any of your pools that one oh that one i had oh, two i, I circle mine we do them differently so i don't know i will say that uh if there's one thing that frustrates me about it is that you should probably play this with like a sharpie um we yeah, play with just a ballpoint pen and, and then there are some times where you're like i can't really see what i did here and one other thing they could have done better in the design is a plate like something eric started doing because i like could not keep it straight was it would be nice if there was like a place like a kind of blank space above the whole rows so that you could divide things at the same time, I really like the way that this looks. I know. Like, it, it looks great, and if you try to make this paper more functional looking, yeah, I guess it would lose true. a lot of its personality. Yeah, right, it's right, a right, real right. catch 22 because this could be a little bit more functional. But then it but wouldn't look But I wouldn't want so it nice, to be. Like, it looks really good. So, yeah, I would probably just say in a perfect world, I'd play with like a fairly thick tipped uh, Sharpie, and then I'd be able to see everything fine, you know. Me also, being such a wee old man. I'm going to go ahead and say that I feel like it's really strange to me that there are not IPs in this. This seems like... Roland Wright? Ripe. I, I, no, no Roland Wright IP game comes to mind at all. Most of them are like the one I showed you, Harvest Ice, something I like mean, that. I mean, I'm like... And I mean, gone, Sean Clever. I just looked it up online. Like, Looks... I'm thinking, like, all kinds of Halloween. Like, where is, like, the Stranger Things Halloween neighborhood? Like, where is Poltergeist? Like, gone, Sean Clever looks like that, which is a, a game that made a huge splash in the last two years. I think it got nominated for, like, Game of the Year. Super neon. And all games oh, look geez. a little bit like that. That looks yeah. like when you're, like, betting. <laughs> it does look like one of those things they give you at like a horse racing yeah, place of you're like, like when you're playing like uh, one of those numbers things. Um, so our experience with Roland Wright games is limited to this. It is a very deep pool yeah. that you can jump into if you want. I'm curious to find another one that is like recommended. Yeah. This one was so highly recommended by basically everybody. That, it was easy. Yeah, and I think that everybody's been right. Like, this is an excellent game. I do want all the holiday variations. And this is a game that I would actually give as a gift. Yeah. This is an excellent gift yes. to give to somebody. Because this, and so, like, if you are somebody who's kind of following around, like, following along, like, trying to, like, figure out how to do this, this is a game that you can absolutely play with, like, all of your non-gamey friends I think that this would actually make a really good, like, party game in a weird way. Like a dinner party game. Yeah, I Not mean... Not like a drinking party game. 
No. Like a, a like, not funny party game or a social party game. Yeah. More like a quiet party game. Yeah. Because I wouldn't see like this isn't. Ain't no party I'm trying to like imagine an like a party. like a raucous game of Welcome <laughs> to, and I'm like. Mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it is the kind of game that you can like eat and drink. Yes. And like it's, it's not, not so like a, fiddly. There's not bits. All of There's, your attention yes. all of the time. And you could slow it down. Yeah. And be like. Oh, did you go? We're talking about something. Oh, we're gonna flip the cards. Yeah. Oh, it's the next turn. Like in that case, like this is the kind of game that if we went to your friend's house for like the four of us had dinner. Yeah, it's a instead it's a of playing gathering. Azul Would afterwards. You prefer gathering. Game? Yeah, because even when we played Azul, people were like, "Hold on a second, it's my turn. I need to like think, look." Yeah. But this, because the turns are all simultaneous. You can all kind of do your thinking yeah. and writing at the same time and then finish talking. Yeah. And then be like, okay, I'm going to flip the cards. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think this game is really interesting because of the pacing it sets and because, I don't know, it, it does feel like a puzzle. To me, this but strikes me. it's like me, a light puzzle. Yeah. It strikes me immediately as like a game that people who play games will enjoy, but also a game that is not solely made for people who play games. And that's kind of a hard bill it's to really fill. It's really hard, yeah. Uh, because a lot of times those games that are very gateway don't get a lot, have a lot of legs. For yeah, like, for people who are gamers. like, yeah. Like, will I play Azul? Sure. Would I ever choose Azul? Like, I don't I mean, know about I that. Would, but... I kind of think that every game of Azul feels kind of the same. That's my problem with Azul. But this game, they don't. Because yeah. I always think... Oh, if I had done this instead, there are so many options in it mm-hmm. that games just don't feel the same. Yeah. And I think that's excellent. So that is, I think, in a nutshell. Welcome to, that's our review. I'm going to be thinking about how I want this to be like different IPs all night. Like, where <laughs> is the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation version? How could you make a... With the Griswolds. It's just all lit up. Well, I think that the Christmas... Uh, expansion pad has christmas lights as like a yeah, so you have thing. one house that's really lit up so yes i would say if it was up to me i would recommend i would give highest recommendations to welcome to yeah it's there fantastic. are certain games that we've talked about that i'm like this is a great game for me or a great game right. for somebody but i would not recommend it to everybody because like not everybody would like said game yeah but this is a game that i think 95 percent of people well, would and like. that's why i'm fascinated to test it out this is the first game in like a long time like maybe not since like ultimate werewolf that i've that i've been like i want to play this with like everybody and see if they like it and we did that and some people didn't i like could your sister play this game she's well, like the my hard sister notoriously so uh, she likes said games. i'm the i'm the werewolf i hate this game i don't yeah. know <laughs> I think that was how it went she's like i like games and they were like okay we're Let's gonna play, play code werewolf. names and she's like um, um, I left my phone in the other room. I'll see you in two I'll hours. I'll be honest with you. I hate this a lot. And we're like, Ooh. <laughs> so I wonder if she, like, this I, is I the I honestly first... don't know what she would say. I know, but this is, like, one of those games that, like, I like enough and I think is translatable enough that I, like, want to test it out on those people who are, like, ooh, tough nut to crack. And it's not a non-starter. Like, they're not going to look at a whole bunch of pieces and go, like, oh, I yeah. can't do it. And like, <laughs> no, uh, there aren't pieces. There's nope. just cards and then your little piece of paper. So, yeah, a great welcoming yep. game that's good for all shapes and sizes. Like you said, great gifting game. Great yeah. hostess gift. And rare is it that you find a game that plays great with two and can play great with, like, 50. Yeah. And this game does. <laughs> what do you mean rare? It's, like, impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> but because it's a roll and write and there really is no player interaction, but not in a bad way. Yeah. No. Uh, this game does. It can play great with two. And you could theoretically play it with everybody. Yep. 
Excellent. All right, so that's us signing off. Um, let us know if there's a Roland right that you're like, yeah, duh, why haven't you played this? Or if this you played Welcome to Dino you. World, yeah. and we're looking for the good Jurassic Park game, because the other one, which we'll talk about eventually, was not the good Jurassic Park it's game. It's a hard sell, because that means i got to play it again. Although, really, I feel like we just make fun of that game all the time. We didn't hate it or anything. We just didn't really like it. Uh, I couldn't hate it. So the email is player one, <laughs> player two podcast at gmail.com. The one and the two are spelled out. Uh, I had not posted anything on Instagram in the last couple of days. For that, I apologize. You haven't posted anything on Insta? Uh, no, you did. You posted. We just played um, the Gloomhaven, the founders of Gloomhaven. Founders of Gloomhaven. You didn't take a picture? I don't think I did. We definitely... We played it twice. I would like to talk about that game. Yeah, I'm totally down for um, that. We need to play a third, so it's a tiebreaker. Spoilers, I really like it. So anyway... I think I do, but I had a frustrating experience. Ooh, the frustrating games. It's going to take a hit. So, we're going to see if we can squeeze in a couple more games of Founders of Gloomhaven, which I bought on Amazon for $19. And hopefully, that's what we talk about next week. All right. Okay, so this is player one. We're going to clean up our things and probably... Go to bed. Go to bed. It's getting late. It is late. past bedtime. And this is player yep. two. Signing off. As you said last time, hasta la vista. <laughs> I did. Mm-hmm.